Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an x-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Sharon. My name is Ed. And I am Sean. And today on the show, we are talking about My Brother's Keeper, which is season four, episode 16. Hello, mm-hmm. everybody. How are you guys today? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Survival is <gasps> <quite> incredible odds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Fab, fab. Battling on, battling on. Battling on as we are. We hope you're all good out there as well, listening mm-hmm. in. Um, life's tough, but we're here, we're together. Yes. Yes. And ER exactly. exists, which, you know, mm. is just awesome. Exactly. And I I think it's around this time that I'm like, if any of our friends with advanced like editing AI software want to just take a pass at the first few seasons of VR, please. (laughs) Because I was actually wondering, like, it was it was on such a big network. It's one of the shows I'm kind of surprised, but there's a lot of it. So maybe I'm not so surprised it hasn't been remastered. Yeah. Because there is a lot of VR that you would then need to go and remaster. That's Uh, true. But four into I think five, and I know six is when it starts to like you can see that, like, you know. Oh, yeah. we got bigger cameras and we got yes. more quality. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, some bits in this episode, it's just like, oh, this looks quite good. <laughs> yeah. Great. So where, where do we want to start? I mean, I know where I'm going to start. What do you guys think of the episode? Ah, you both said that. Honestly, their faces, I said, I know where I'm going to start. They were like, here comes Carter. Yeah. No, no, I am not that predictable, bitches. Go. What did you think? Uh quite liked it um i liked seeing cynthia's coda do you know what i mean i thought mm. she's obviously grown um the chase thing's pretty it's, it's a pretty sad episode in a lot of ways it's it's a lot of frustration for a lot of people and a lot of tension in the episode yeah. between a lot of people yeah. yes yeah what about you sean Feelings, i, I like that i i i liked it an awful lot um i i totally agree it's there's a lot of tension. There's, I think, disappointment in several parts of the episode as well. And yeah. that's, it, it's obviously, it's the old cliche of I'm not allowed to disappoint because disappointment is a heavier feeling sometimes yeah. than say anger can focus you. Yeah. You can be really angry at Romano whenever he's on screen. <laughs> um, but to be disappointed is just like, oh no. And it's going to come into, obviously it comes into Carter's storyline. But it will also, I wasn't expecting this because I had from my original rewatch forgotten this. The Kerry and Doug, I was a bit like, hmm, okay. Interesting, um, interesting. And there was frustration leading to, I hope, a good place with Mark. And there was a very important scene happen in this episode. Very super duper important scene happened in this episode. Oh, I can't wait! Will, I can't wait to get into this. Ooh. Yeah, we'll go when we get there. Yep. And I'm yeah. Sound of klaxon when we get to that. Point. Absolutely, please. Yeah. Um, for me, I found there are so many things in this episode that are obviously very important. I also found it a bit disjointed. I felt like there were moments where I was like, "Oh, that just got completely dropped, and we never talk about it again." But then, right. and for me, I was a bit like, "Oh, I don't know." It really felt. It just felt very. And like there were yeah there were like a couple of things like the San Francisco guy like it was such a huge part all of a sudden and then he yeah. just drops away so completely it's like that's right oh, yeah. 
okay I don't know I just felt like there were some things that it felt like somebody had written the first half and somebody different had written the second half without really <laughs> yeah. reading the first half makes but, sense, yeah. but you know that that's just my thought but you know as I say there is I mean Noah Wiley in this episode just breaks my heart oh he's so oh. good in this he has oh. he has this thing I see it so much in so many different situations a lot of the time when he's trying to get out of trouble but that's not in this case here yeah. it's where he can't meet someone's eyes yeah. and it tends to be in season four it's it's anna a lot of the time <laughs> yeah. um, we've definitely seen it in other like with gant we saw it last season he'll kind of look up and flick the eyes away straight away yeah. um and it's obviously it's uncertainty it's fear it's everything and it i mean you know exactly which scene i'm talking about mm. here when he does it again i'm just like yeah, yeah there's that's when you know carter's firing on the fight or flight, yes. but I really don't want to fight. Kind of, yeah, in yeah. fact. Yeah. So where should where should we start? I'll let you guys choose, just so that I'm not being you know biased. Who <laughs> I would choose. How really. about we start with Mark because the start of the episode is yes. yes. He's yeah. got a nice, fairly yeah, fairly good, fairly good run. Mm. He, has, he does. Yeah, a couple of bits happened for him this week, which are eye opening. Yes. Um, and I feel in a certain way they were, I don't think they were heavy handed. I mean, they both were and they weren't, but I think it was the writers going, we need to start capping off storylines here. Yes. And two storylines for Mark get capped off in this episode. That's right. Yeah. Um, yes. And I was like, that's great. And there was a very, a blink and you'll miss it throwback that he says in this. And I was like, now, that's probably something that on my first big watch of ER, I might not have picked up on so much, but we have spent so much time discussing it <laughs> that I was like, I appreciated that throwback. That was good. And it also shows growth in the character. And Are you going to mention that when we get to it? Or are you going to mention Oh, that no, now? full spoilers. Full spoilers, right? You're just so, a tease today. I am absolutely such a tease. A tease. Yeah. Uh, no, I will. I will. It's when... Doug has a run-in with a family a family member of a patient. Yeah. And Doug has to, he says, I am calling uh, DCFS. Uh, D, D, thank you, DCFS. I was like, how many letters? DCFS. And the family member is very upset and sort of storms out. And he goes, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And Mark just doesn't <laughs> look at him. Nothing doesn't change. Yeah. Just check for family members when you're in there. Yes. It's just like, thank you. <laughs> that for me is a sign that Mark is over it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he's being a- being able to joke about that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I didn't think the last. That's a good point. Um, yeah, so I mean, well, we start out with Mark. He, well, Doug's at, at his computer, so we start actually in Mark's apartment, don't we? And Doug's kind of working on his computer, and Mark is getting ready, and he's very proud because he's you know stopped smoking. It hasn't obviously yeah. been for long, but <laughs> he's done it. He's finally done it. Um, and then he mentions the fact that we find out Cynthia's quit um, and he's trying to get her stuff back to her because, you know, the airline had lost her luggage that time and now they returned it to him and he's doesn't know where, she, you know, he's, he doesn't know what to do, how to return it. And because and Doug was just like, take it to work, leave it there. She'll pick it up yeah. unless you want to see her. And that's mm-hmm. where it's like, and that uh, uh, we all know that that is, because Mark, underneath all is a good guy and that he's not the kind yes. who could just leave it he knows he didn't he didn't do right by her and I think 
he's the kind of guy who instead of kind of sitting on that he will try to make it better or at least try to apologize so I think that's what his motivation is to see her um I think so yes mm-hmm. um it's like you said like for all of his many many <laughs> many mistakes over the last season and a bit um he's a good guy he's Mark yeah. Green like we want yeah. him to be the good guy we want yeah. to see him sometimes faffing about and trying to do the right thing yes and he's trying to do the right thing. Now, it's for the wrong reason. Absolutely. But he is trying to do the right thing in this episode. And yes. only for someone else has the wherewithal to be like, no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's called coming from a good place, I think. This it, it is. Um, and he, he kind of, so he gets to work. Well, first he goes to her apartment, doesn't he? And she's, mm-hmm. she's gone. I also really love how the apartment's empty, but the door's just open. because. <laughs> Is that what? Yeah, happens? like, what like <laughs> hey, it was the nineties. a different time. Everybody a different times. Everybody just left their, you know. She didn't open have, and... you know, a, a computer the size of a small car in her no. apartment like Mark did. I forgot how big those monitors were. Honestly, oh my god. god! And how far back they go. You know, now it's <laughs> so slim. Yeah, it's that you can't even just stick it up against the wall. It has to have space. <laughs> yeah. well, that's it. I'm holding one of those in my hand. Right now. <laughs> you know, my phone can do probably more. Than what that yeah, machine yeah. could do because that's just where technology has come from. Okay, I can't print from this device, but I can email it to a printer. You know, it's kind of it's just yeah, mental. Yeah, you can Bluetooth can. to it. Can't you it? can Bluetooth. I mean, that's what I mean. Sorry, but I can't. But the oh, only can't physically print the paper right, from understood. this soon. Right. Soon. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, yeah. soon yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. So anyway, she's not. She's not there. So she's left. So he really doesn't know what to do with this luggage. Um, well, when he first gets outside, though, he does the thing that we all wished he didn't. Is oh, it's horrible. He finds a cigarette butt in his little ashtray. Mm. I don't know why he's left that much of a cigarette. First of all, oh, I mean, it's a, a lot, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then sparks it up, and I'm like, oh, oh Mark. I mean, I think it's to show how far he's fallen in that in that moment I guess yeah but, but it was like oh no you know it, 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 it's gone that that he was so proud of the fact that you know he'd kicked it for for a little while um and then he gets to work and he starts asking Jerry about trying to find out where Cynthia lives and Jerry's mm. like I don't know and personnel won't know personnel remember those days anyway personnel <laughs> won't know yeah um and he's just like I, he just doesn't know what to do but you know the ER keeps him quite busy because I loved this. Carol left him, uh, Mr. Kyle, because Mr. Kyle has end-stage lung cancer. And I just thought yes. it, it just shows, doesn't it, A, how much Carol obviously cares, but also there's that just that kind of, you know, everybody just knows why yeah, yeah. Carol has done that. And they're yeah. all kind of like, Carol's left you, Mr. Kyle, oh, end-stage right. cancer. Mm, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're all judging you for yeah, smoking. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's a tough case, I think, for Mark, because... Yeah. This is somebody whose quality of life is just not brilliant and doesn't want, he knows the end is near, knows there's nothing more that can do, knows he's only going to decompensate. Mark, obviously, doctor trying to, you know, admit him or try to get him on things. He's very hesitant. It's a a tough one, isn't it? It it is because it's, it's sort of like, so outside of Mark's story, I know this is like, you can only help somebody who wants to be helped. And your man is yes. just like, I, I have no illusions as to my quality of life. I, 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 it's a matter of when it's not a matter of if, and I want to die at home. Yeah. Mark has to go through the motions. I mean, like, I suppose he does care, but he has to go through the motions. I have to go, let's do a chest X-ray. We know what it's going to come back with. Like this, there's no, so 
in a way, there's no cruelty in it, but in a way, he's sort of just like Mark, just just let the man go, will you? Yeah, yeah. You know? If you need, get him to sign a form that says I left AMA. Yeah, and then I, I believe that will probably cover everybody in yeah, terms yeah, of. Yeah, it would. That was yeah. that, that was surprised that didn't get mentioned. I I think probably because it wasn't medical advice in the same way it was kind of like to make you feel better we could do this this and this it wasn't in the sense of you have syphilis and therefore you have to take this I'm not taking that I'm leaving that would be AMA I imagine rather than this was more of a discomfort not not feeling great um and then you know he he and then we have this moment where green goes outside and smokes mm. and Doug sees him which is great because I'm glad somebody sees him because I think sometimes if you're breaking a rule and nobody sees you it's like it didn't happen you can be in denial you know yeah um but as he's like about to light it Mr Carl kind of gets mm-hmm. taken past him and he just takes it out doesn't he and just puts it down and I just thought I don't know it reminded me of yeah. like I used to have a drama teacher used to hand out uh, at my youth theatre used to hand out um pictures of diseased lungs to the to kids if they if she ever saw them with cigarettes wow. <laughs> it just it felt like that kind of a thing you know like here we go here's a this yeah, is what could happen if you continue yeah. smoking um well kids you could end up looking like me and trust me <laughs> nobody wants that <laughs> um, there's a lot of remorse in this scene because he's talking to Doug about Cynthia isn't he he's yeah and there's obviously the remorse about sparking up and there's the lung cancer guy going really yeah, yeah. Have we not taught you anything? Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff about Cynthia was just, I mean, I get it because I think he's feel, obviously feeling very guilty, but he's so sugarcoating it all. You know, she was good actually, you know, and she was nice to me and we did, used to do this and that was great. And it's like, yeah, but that's not the same as no. I want to be with her. Or we should mm. be together. Not, oh, I could settle for her because actually she was quite, she was all right. It was okay, also- you know. And also, it's, I, I feel remorse over the way it ended. And that's fine. That's yeah, absolutely yeah, there's not a thing wrong with that. You can be not satisfied with how something ended. Doesn't mean it was wrong to end. Yes, yeah, yeah he seems yeah. a bit of kind of buyer's remorse or leaver's remorse. I don't know, some kind of remorse going on, which, <laughs> you know, but this is this is classic Mark, though, isn't it? He's an overthinker and he will take this moment and that moment and he will make them bigger and bigger and yes. have to go through every kind of obstacle. Um and then we see, now this is the only reason I can see for the San Francisco guy being there is we see Carter obviously trying to track down San Francisco guy's family. So he's calling, you know, directory services or whoever. And Carter goes off because he gets called away and Green is there and he then uses that to try and track down Cynthia. Mm. And he says, oh, yeah, father is a patient. Ethically, very, very not right thing to do. Um, yeah, that was a bit... Um bit wrong wasn't it mm. I, was, I was actually watching this going is that a crime it's unethical it's definitely unethical but is it a cri- i mean like not that oh it wasn't a crime it's fine it's just like that's that's not the question i should be asking of mark's actions you know yeah. what i mean like yeah, yeah. that's not the bar <laughs> well that's it that's exactly it you know it's 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 a bit of an icky moment um it's a bit mm. like oh and also it, it felt selfish because he so wants to see her and say sorry that he'll try he's using the luggage as a reason to see her because most people would just be like fine okay 
I will leave the luggage here. And if she wants mm-hmm. it, she can get in touch with them. You know, mm-hmm. that you that's as much as you can do. But to kind of search her out, and I think Doug is, you know, Doug can see that at the beginning. He knows what he's getting at because he knows Mark and he's very, that's why he's very much like questioning him, you know, unless you want to kind of see her, um, which is, you know. Mm. Um, also, can I just point out another icky moment? Is when he's asking Jerry about... Um, you know Cynthia and personnel and all that Jerry has found some Twinkies he's doing a clear out and he's found these Twinkies from 1993 was it I don't know they're still good though Twinkies could survive (laughs) good for seven years yeah exactly if if Family Guy taught us nothing it's that (laughs) if you need to be safe you head toward the Twinkie factory uh, during a fallout I was thinking that too I just thought it was just something so crazy about somebody saying 1993 it's been it's not the past seven years and I was just like wow Uh I don't know it just kind of really something hit and made me feel really old um and then you are not really old at all thank you no I'm older than you you are yeah and I'm younger than everyone decided (laughs) (laughs) no we're all we're all young sexy children is what we are are. moving on well, he leave, he fight, he basically does he does track her down. He gets a number for her and he calls and it's just it's her answering machine and he doesn't leave a a message. Um, but Mr. Kyle gets brought back in and so and he's he decompensated. He's he's not right at all. So you know Green gets rushes off to try and help him and it, and and it's tough because as we've said you know he doesn't want treatment and so what can you do but they have to admit him because he's decompensated to that level now where he has to, um, he has to kind of admit him. And then later, and it's quite shocking actually. So Green is in the hallway and he's talking to Corday because Corday's got some questions which about trauma because she wants some more experience about trauma. They get told, oh, you know, Mr. Kyle, he, he's not, you know, he's, his, I think his, his things are bleeping because he basically, they think he's fallen out of bed or got out oh, of bed yeah. and fallen and collapsed. So they've all had to rush to go in and, and Corday goes with them to try and like look after him and try and make sure he's okay. And and it's when they're examining him and trying to figure out what's going on or A, how he got out of bed and B, why he's now like, you know, not breathing and not moving. And it's Corday says, oh, here's a gunshot wound. I Yeah, I was slightly surprised by that because... I hear guns are quite loud. So I went and did me, me little checking about this one. It's, did you see he pulled the gun out of the pillowcase? Ah, so he I deadened that. it. I was too busy making notes. So that, right. so that, that actually, that works as, as long as it, now it's, there is still a bit of a suspension of disbelief because it is still an enclosed yeah, yeah. space. But, but they, so they go to explain it in that. No, he had shoved it right into the pillowcase. Right. Uh, I was funny enough the things we the things we focus on in this scene I was wondering oh yeah no there's the exit wound where's the bullet yes well that's it embedded in somebody in the next room possibly like as in you know okay obviously not or they would have gone with it but that's that's honest that's where my mind went to as well like was you know you could have walked in and found you find him on the floor and even like why is the x-ray or why is the light box broken yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. something like that. It was a little bit. So I'm okay with the silencer part of it, but it was just like you went to the trouble of saying there was an exit wound. Where's the bullet? Yeah. Magic bullet. Oh my god, I went back in time and hit JFK. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> don't. This isn't quantum leap. Um so I think I think 
again on the silencer thing you know if you think about nobody's in that room with him it's just him and everybody's elsewhere and it's busy and loud everywhere it's not like hospitals are quiet I can imagine it being lost amongst all of those sounds um the cacophony of the ER is sure to say um and that's what but what I thought it was leading to because then they were like well where's the wife and so you think Um, oh has she done it and then run off is where I thought it was going to go. But no, Malik finds the gun. And as you say, it was in the pillowcase um, because he just didn't want to live. And he was scared that they were yeah. going to stick him on something. And I, it, it was really sad. You know, it was just really sad that he'd gotten to this point that he knows nothing will get better and he he has no real quality of life. And, yeah. But this is the moment that Green does what we've been wanting him to do for God knows how many yes. months. He flushes them down the loo. Bye-bye, cigarettes. <laughs> Big, massive tick beside that scene. Grand, let that yeah. be the end of that. Exactly. Is that the thing you wanted to see? The that end was of? one of the two, yeah. That so, was one, yeah. 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 Um, and then we kind of end with Green and he goes to Cynthia's new place and he knocks on the door and she's there and she's a bit taken aback because, you know, she didn't want him to know where she is. Mm-hmm. I want to say something. How long has it been since they've split up? Because Cynthia... Is like a different person yeah. in this moment. She is like got this nice apartment, this nice new job. Her son is now living with her. She's really level-headed and intelligent. And it's like, has she really got her stuff together in however many weeks? Like that to me just seemed a bit far-fetched. Oh Possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I kind of if that is true, I want Mark Green to break up with me so that I can have the turnaround. <laughs> so that amazing together, yeah. I mean, come on, like I mean, it, best thing that ever happened to her. It was he literally mm. breaking up with her because she's got this lovely apartment, nicer than his. She's got, you know, she's um, it's it's well furnished. She's got her little boy with her. He seems to have his own room. She seems really settled and happy. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is where we have this moment where, you know, Green apologises, gives her the, the luggage. But then he does that thing where he goes a bit too far because he starts saying, you know, we were good together. We should get back together. And Cynthia, and this is showing how grown she has become in these past two weeks or whatever it's been. She's like, no, you know, no, you don't love she's me. Like, I'm good, thanks. And, and also she's yeah. like, I'm good. I'm just just right. going to close this door now, Mark. Yeah, yeah. bye-bye. Please don't come back. Please yeah. don't come back. Don't try I, and locate me again. That is yeah. just Jason, gross. pack your bags. Yeah. <laughs> the only, We're moving the, again. Yeah. The only way I think I, I could rationalise it was that breaking up with him and her, somebody treating her in that kind of slightly cavalier offhand way is that she's kind of, it has been a transformative experience for him that she's realised, and she even says to him, I deserve better. And I was like, oh, God, good. She does. Good. And I'm like, good. I, and I, I get that what say you're that. saying, Ed, is it's the time space. I know, I know exactly. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's like you got your kid back. Like, yeah, that doesn't yeah. happen overnight. You know, there you have to have had the job for enough time to show you're stable yeah. to then have the place to show you're stable to all of a sudden. Anyway, maybe she kidnapped him. She, maybe it wasn't her kid. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would, in fairness, Cynthia, a couple of episodes ago, not saying I would have rushed to disagree with that assessment, uh, but not this Cynthia. This Cynthia <laughs> um, is... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, and line under that for Mark as well, hopefully now we really will get him back and get him. Oh, please yes. God. There was... So that's that's the second big thing, but the other one... So the other, sorry, the other scene that I want to do, like, it's actually oh, we've already talked about one. it. This scene 
Corday says, hi, Dr. Green. He says, uh, hi, we've been working together for six months now. I think you can call me Mark. She goes, well, hello, Mark. And it's like, oh, my God. The bells of fate are ringing. <laughs> I thought that too. I was like, oh, here they are. It begins. Like, you know, it, like you know, she's like, you know, kind of Dr. Dr. Green. And he's like, oh, Elizabeth, you're going to carry my child. You might as well get used to calling me Mark. Exactly. And nurse me when I'm sick. I think as well. Um, too far. Too far. No, <laughs> just child. I'm talking about his cold. Time he has that cold. Oh, of course. Sorry. Sorry, of course. Um, Yeah. It, it's one of those moments where it's like, oh, you've just met your future husband. You've just met your future wife. <laughs> uh, which is what I do sing when that happens to me absolutely <laughs> rightly so um so that's green all kind of neatly tied up bow around yes. him put him on the shelf where should we go next i was thinking how about either genie or corday yeah should we should we do genie because i yeah lovely. I, it's just sweet so we've got yes. you know we've know genie's been looking after uh scotty and bar he's having his final chemo today mm-hmm. um you know, and by you know, that's a tough, that's a tough one, the final one, because you've had all of it kind of before that. Anyway, he's he's there. But what I love is their little friendship because they're both watching a soap opera and they're yeah, so yeah. both <laughs> into it. It's and just... they're both slagging off the unrealistic portrayal of medicine <laughs> on TV. It's so good. So meta. Um yeah. and it's a lovely moment where Jeannie's like, you know, this is not what a woman would look like in the hospital. You know, look how made up she yeah. is, look at this, look at how she is. And Scotty so sweetly just says she's not as pretty as you. You know, you're prettier, oh. which is like, oh she says it's a nicey thing somebody said to her all year. And I love oh. that. Um, and then you know they're talking about this, so we we can see they're bonded and they have this great connection. And they're gonna they've been doing lots of things because Scotty kind of says, "Oh, you know, well, let's go to cinema next week." And and Jeannie says, "Well, you know, I'm I, I won't be working for you for your dad anymore. So uh, let yeah, we can go, but we'll just need to discuss a time because I'll be back here and I'll need to check my shifts." And Scotty, you know, spends it sends Scotty spiraling as it. Mm. as it would anybody you know because it's a big change somebody you've come to rely on somebody you love um, and admire and have a bit of a crush on you know stepping out of your life Mm. is is you know it's it's not easy so he kind of his reaction to that is to be like well I don't need you and be immediate as well because of course when we met Scotty in the beginning he was fed up he was fed up he wasn't abrasive but he was just like yeah. Look, at least in this, like obviously you're you're the medical person, but I will tell you the measurements of chemo I will be given. Mm. I will tell you what angle that I've done this all before. And yes. it's just in that second, even though Scotty's only had a little bit of screen time, mm. you can see him just regress straight away. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. And and you know, Jeannie tries to do her best to be as friendly and bubbly, and it's okay, you know, we'll, we'll make it all work and she goes off to get his meds and when she comes back he's gone missing and she says you know where has he gone and she's told oh he's he he discharged himself which I was a bit like oh I don't know how old he is but I didn't think you could at that age but again maybe maybe it's just the ants part of it all maybe yeah you don't say no to ants (laughs) do you know who my father is yeah Yeah. Mm. um and so Jeannie ends up finding him at home uh, where we meet his his sister which we didn't know about um you know I don't think Donald does either (laughs) yeah or this little girl yeah (laughs) Yvette which is like you know quite a name for a little girl but there you go um Mm. Yvette is here too and 
you know, and again, you know, we see Jeannie being very friendly with her and we know, okay, Jeannie's bonded with this person as well. She's, they really build out that fact that this yeah. has been going on away from our eyes. Um, and she finds Scott in, it's horrible actually, because he's, he's being sick in the yeah, toilet. And she walks in and, and for him, because he's obviously got so much pride and especially around her and he wants to be strong and, and not for her not to see him in those ways, for him, her to walk in at that moment, I think must have just been mortifying for him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a really sweet, you know, moment between them where they're talking about, she's saying to him, you know, let, you know, let's talk about, let's talk about this. And also let's, what film are we going to watch? You know, which is, it's just sweet, isn't it? Um, yeah. This mm -hmm. building of this friendship. And I love it because he's like, no chick flicks. I'm not letting you choose. And she's like, you watch, <laughs> you watch these soap <laughs> operas with me. So don't you be yeah, talking exactly. down on chick flicks because they're just like the same kind of thing. So, um, which they're not at all, but you know, it's, it's that similar kind of, yeah. Um, but, it, it it just it must be really tough because you're already going through something as hideous as cancer and it must be so scary and you've had this person you've relied on who's been a comfort and she's being pulled away and it's not she ha has said you know it, she's going to continue the friendship because he's all I don't need friends and she's mm. like really sweetly says well actually I could use another one I don't know about you guys but you know every time an adult would say something quite vulnerable to you or admit to something it was like oh wow you know this is a whole other yeah. world I didn't know existed because in my head all adults had it all together and all adults knew what they were doing you know all that stuff so for her to kind of turn around and go well actually here's a bit of my my vulnerability actually I would like a friend yeah. and maybe giving him the power as well you don't need me but I need you it really allows him to open up which I thought was a lovely little it's a lovely yeah. it's a sweet little moment and scene it's one of the biggest item 752,000 as to why Jeannie is just if you need someone to make a patient feel more comfortable, make a patient feel better, or make just anyone feel better, Jeannie just seems to have all of the right things to say. Yeah. Um, it comes from, obviously, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. I swear to God, when they were writing some of these seasons, they were like, how can we make Jeannie suffer in this episode? And yeah. yet it all builds on that she's just... If there was ever a character, if there was ever a character who you would understand if they just turned to pure bitterness. <laughs> and she doesn't. No. She doesn't. She's uh -huh. sweet. She's mm -hmm. faced with such tough stuff and she just seems to care still about people, care about and have hope and have all of that stuff. And I think that, you know, that's what just makes her just this really brilliant character. And I don't, I don't know, I, I haven't read up on it, but I have the feeling that when they first introduced her, it was going to be kind of a, a bit of a thing for, for, for Peter Benton. And, yeah. and then maybe she would leave or whatever. And I don't know if they like fell in love with her as a, a character, but also kind of her as an actress. And we're like, actually we could keep her and we could expand this and make this more. Um, and I'm glad they did because she's a great character from from Definitely. the canon um yes yeah. but yeah that's that's a really sweet so that's kind of that's genie this week she's she's been out of the hospital we haven't seen her for a while and this is the kind of the reason why um uh -huh. yeah, so sadly missed, but also actually ju just you know, um, the, the, if this isn't another storyline but the return of genie like was does she the, is she the one who knows where doyle is because when genie comes back doyle is suddenly here 
I think she may do. I think, yeah. I mean, I don't want to insinuate. Did she release she... her from the cupboard? She's <laughs> locked in or something. Very possibly, yeah. I, think so. yeah. I just wrote Wait, who's about... kidnapped too? Because I can imagine Dora kidnapping Jeannie and, <laughs> letting, her kidnap oh, guys, <laughs> and letting her out. Oh, guys. And then letting herself out. This is a dark one. This yeah. is a dark one. Yeah. But... Brace yourself. But Doyle is back. Doyle is back. Suddenly there's a gun in the ER. <laughs> Tanya, that, that that man, like, are we to believe that he just knew that this is how you silence a revolver and this is how you stop the hammer from catching while shoved up inside a pillow with this internet that's barely newfangled at this time? Yeah, Doyle killed him. And she took the bullet as a trophy. Oh. Absolutely cool. Because she's Thank sick you. like that. She's so sick like that. She's honest in her sickness, though. She, she is. She would kill Doyle next because she gets some, oh, she gets nothing. <laughs> she's she's there at the site, and I literally wrote Doyle double exclamation mark, and then she says, "Oh, I'm clocking off," and then she turns up at the end. She's there to bookend the day, isn't she? Yeah, she's there yeah, to, yeah. to say, "Here's the start of the day shift, and now here's the end of the day shift." That is literally yeah. her role in this. That's why she's gone on a killing spree because she's feeling, <laughs> she's just feeling like nobody cares about her, and she's trying to yeah. find something to connect herself to. Um, so that yeah, that's that's kind of Doyle in this episode. Short, sharp, sweet. Yes. Yeah, um, so. Where do you want to go next? Should we go to Corday then next? Yes, um, I think so. Yeah. Oh, how, I mean, it would starts off with Corday and Benton flirting away. You mm-hmm. know. Um, they're making some bet on on an exhibit in the in the museum, and it's all about oh, you know. I'll, if you if you're right, I'll get you lunch. And I think Benson's yeah. like, oh, you're obsessed with trying to buy me lunch. You know, just buy me lunch if you want to buy me lunch. It's it's, it's cute, and of course, because they're being cute, Romano has to appear. Ugh. Mm, mm, like a cloud he, on a on a sunshine day. Yeah, exactly. He is mm-hmm. the rain cloud, isn't he? And he comes straight in. He says to Peter, you know, have you read this on Lizzie? Have you read the article about her saving that guy and how they were both together? And and because of her, you know, he lived. And and you can just feel the envy just, just soaking Ugh. off him, can't you? And then he That's kind of says, just... you know, they didn't, they didn't even mention me. And it's like, why would they, man? He's such a bitter little man, isn't he? So, he's so... What's the you know he's he's really he really is a good symbol of kind of toxic masculinity you know this, oh, yeah. this woman is doing better than me and she's supposed to be under my power therefore yeah. you know she sh- why she's being having all this good stuff and not also not falling at my in my lap yeah mm-hmm. she's resisting my and, it, yeah. my many many charms oh exactly. wait no there aren't any charms you're a piece of- yeah. yeah and. And then he gives her her six month review and says, you know, it's not as glowing as this. Alison can speak again because of Corday. You know, I, I really yeah, she didn't yeah, perform yeah. the procedure. I understand that, but because of her persistence, yeah, Alison can speak again. Oh, uh, you're distracted. I know that was just. And the way like, he... oh, I th- yeah, I thought you came over to do trauma to do this, but you've ended up doing uh, this and that and the other in amputations. Hmm. I was like, oh, Corday, and... uh, Ramon, and step off. Then he said that I thought this was really, really horrible because I imagine and we know we saw how hard Corday worked to try and save the leg. And he says, oh, you didn't both get out. OK, they did you because, you know, you, you still oh, got both yeah. legs. And it's like, how, how dare you pull that 
on her. She did right. everything. You know that must be a, a really sore spot. Like he's just so he really is showing how evil he can be and pushing yeah. all the buttons and being this horrible kind of emotionally blackmaily, meany, manipulating man. Well, he's he's doing this. I don't know if he class it as negging, but after this, they have this tense conversation while they're scrubbing in for this whatever it was. Um, he then says, oh, I want to uh, write a paper about this uh, synthetic blood. Maybe you'd like to join in with me. So he's he's kicked her down and now he's offering to help her back up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's so manipulative. So manipulative. And it's so transparent and also yes. so hideous because he does have the power. He, yeah. She is there on his say. Um, you know, later Corday is talking to Benton about the fact that he, you know, Romano's being this way and, and Benton is very much like I'm afraid you are going to have to do the study and actually what you're going to yeah. have to do is overcompensate so if he said you're not doing enough of this you're going to have to do like 50 million times more of that so that he can't pick that yeah. up on you again and and I was so annoyed because I, I understand that but it's it's that sense of these power structures that have gone unchallenged mm -hmm. that people have abused for so long so instead of going let's actually we all need to stand up and say this isn't right what he's doing isn't right. Mm. We all just have to go along with it and play the game, and that which yes. has kept things in place. And I'm not blaming Benton and saying he should have stood up, and but I'm just saying this is this is how people these structures and abuses have yeah. remained. Um, and I just felt for Corday because she's been wronged here, you know. And oh, I just wanted to flick Romano, just flick him off. <laughs> what, like, yeah, like you, you kind of pick him up and kind of rub his nose in the pee on the floor, that kind of thing, you know? Yes, very so much like, so. No, bold, bold. Don't do that. Or introduce him, you know, or, or just get maybe next time doors in, you know, maybe just... <laughs> oh, okay. Just as she's about to strike, just maybe get him in the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, we have that. Then we have the most delicious moment because who should happen upon our fledgling couple? Jackie. Mm. It's Jackie. Um, it's brilliant because she comes up and she's like talking to them. And I think she would not have thought of anything except the way Benton is. We are colleagues. I am showing her stuff. I am looking after her. Yeah. Like, I think that was like, hello, here's a flag for something else is actually going on. Mm -hmm. And Jackie, you know, is not at all convinced. And then and then Corday comes in with her. Yes very good you know we both like to support I, each other <laughs> yeah we support each other quite often like yeah. you can substitute that way i think that support is a is that euphemism is doing a lot of uh a lot of heavy work there yeah, i must say lifting. that yeah that's it thank you heavy lifting. thanks for doing the words for me <laughs> i love that they went to the fields museum which is this massive museum in chicago and i'm desperate to go because they have big sue the t-rex there oh, i was like oh nice. i want to see her yeah um, fields is that to do with like the fields medal in mass? I'm imagining not. I don't know why. I no, it. it's it, field is uh, there's somebody from Chicago who did. Um, I, yeah, I'm not imagine really one of John Carter's of family yeah, friends. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, he does the most unconvincing. I know. Speech ever, and that gets you know Jackie's completely oh, at that point yes, interested exactly. and like. That is still the opposite of what he wanted. Yeah, she, exactly. Jackie's, oh, now I'm interested. Yeah, before I just thought you were just hanging, but now yeah, I yeah, know just something's friends, going but now on. Like, uh -huh. yeah. um, 
and then we see, as we say, you know, Corday talks to to Dr. Green about getting some more trauma things on on um, trauma yeah. cases because she's trying to show, obviously, Romano that she's here and she can do the job. Um, and then obviously she helps him with with the poor guy who Mr. Carl who yeah. who commits suicide. And she has an interesting point because so he's obviously committed suicide. And she says, does that count as a DNR? Which That's a really good point. At this point when somebody's terminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting, it was very quite throwaway, but I thought, you know, it, it's an interesting thing to think about. It is because technically, no, it wouldn't count. Mm. Because don't you have to do a complete check of their psychological state? You could, no, I don't think in this case, you know, I think it, they would be fine to get away with that. And, but Still, no, not necessarily. You couldn't take that for granted that a D like you, no. you can't assume a DNR because someone has tried to die by suicide. Because what happens if their meds were altered? What happens if they were in like that an altered state of mind? And it is, it's so these these poor doctors are like, um crap, I don't want to be the one to have to make this call. <laughs> no. Yeah, and I think it, and it's 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 different, isn't it, as well? Because I think the doctor always has to, and there are cases in the future where somebody has a DNR, but if you've committed, tried to commit suicide, they have to treat you because that, you know, DNR is do not resuscitate if you've gone in yourself into something medically rather than something self-inflicted, I imagine. But I think, you know, with this terminal patient, it's, I mean, it raises an interesting point, doesn't it? I mean, he's, he's, he's gone anyway. They can't save him, which kind of answers the question, but, but yeah, I thought that was like a little interesting. But we're starting to see that 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 beginning of that real Corday Romano butting heads, yeah, thing going on, and the introduction of this kind of this fake blood, which becomes more of a storyline in the in the future. Um, that's Corday. Where should we go next? Should we go to Dougie. I think. Are we going to do Cherry and Ducks? They're sort of intertwined a bit. Or yeah. I was going to look at it that way. If that works for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, this is my plan. Carrie, Carrie, Doug together then Anna then finish on sweet Carter yeah sweet sweet Carter lovely that's so. my sweet spot not his this week but yes yeah. so <laughs> Doug and Doug and Weaver who I mean she is on him from the minute he gets oh, into God. the hospital I mean so the, the opening we see he's working on on Green's computer and he's working on some presentation and we've never seen Doug <laughs> do I don't know yeah like Doug knows how to type. When did yeah. that happen? <laughs> yeah. Him doing like work sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's, but also really doing kind of the more the academic side, which is, is often asked of them or the paperwork side. He's very good as we've seen in kind of action. So it was a bit of a, oh, okay. So we find out, you know, he's doing this presentation. Mm. He comes into work and like Carrie's just on it. Weaver is just on him from the beginning. She's yeah. like, we're doing rounds. I've reinstated them. Do you know? And he's just like, all right, you know, and trying to just unpack. And she goes in, follows him in, and she's uh, she's talking to him about his presentation. And she does want to bring up a, a, a point in his presentation that she feels he needs to probably think about. He doesn't let her speak. He does kind of cut her off and shut her yeah. up, and which isn't the best, I think. Um, no. But I, I also can see, you know, you just like, I just want to do my presentation and you're just mm. always on me and you haven't mm. left me alone. And I've just since I've walked in this second and 
and she's a bit of a trigger for him because she does always have to comment on everything so for him it must be a bit difficult sometimes to be like actually she probably does have a point yeah. so he shuts her down basically which which isn't isn't nice as we say um he gets called because a a, a jason comes in who is a boy who's been poisoned he's ingested mm. something nobody knows what so kind of you know doug and anna are called to kind of look after him or try and figure it out and it's it's really tense because they don't know what the the, the boy has had and the parents are on the way they're, they're not there yet and it, and, and there's chemicals in the house because I think the dad's an artist and a photographer and things like that. Mm. So, and it's tough to treat somebody that you don't know as as because when the dad does arrive a bit later, you know, he said, "Can't you just treat him for everything?" And he said, well, it, can't, "It doesn't work that way. We could some, yeah. we could do more damage because we need to know exactly what the combination is, so we know exactly what to what That's to what kind of is, use." Yeah. It's horrible, it's really. Exactly, you end up giving something to help. It reacts badly with what you've taken. Yeah, you know, you didn't know that, and then the next thing, you've made a potentially serious problem, way more serious than it would have been initially. Yeah, um, and this is a, this is a messed up little storyline because you it gets very quickly it gets completely flipped on its head. You yeah. think you know what it is, and the then classic it, oh. yeah, the classic trope is sort of subverted by the end, isn't it? It's you know. This lad, you know, the, the parents are frantic. There's little Eric brings him in. Apparently, Eric gave his brother the the, uh, the can of soda, which had the mystery chemical in. Um, and the dad is freaking out and grabs, you know, uh, Eric, shakes him. He's quite aggressive with it. He's really aggressive, yeah. Yeah, because as we learn, you know, he's terrified. And as we learn later, I think there's good reason for it. Yeah. Not good reason for it. This is still a bit strange because Doug assumes what we assume initially that you know there's parental abuse going on here. Yeah, but so the boy Eric, you know, he he gets Doug basically comes in and stops it. Eric runs. Doug follows him to the toilet, yeah. and they have a bit of a heart to heart. You know, Doug says, "You know, I'm here. I'm alone. Like you need to tell yeah. me. You need to help." Um, Eric explains whatever it is that is actually in there. So then he goes back. But what he sees, so well, and Eric comes out and he says, my dad's going to kill me. And he shows Doug that he's got cigarette burns all up his arm. So you think, mm. oh, gosh, and we've seen the dad act already kind of aggressive. And yeah, now yeah. he's got, and then maybe that's why he gave given the poison, because maybe he's fa- that kid is favoured, the brother is favoured. We don't know. Anyway, yeah, we've got all those ideas in our head. So Doug goes back out and he he goes to treat the boy and the mom kind of comes in and she says, are you going to be able to look after him? She says, take care of him. He says, look, I'm going to take care of both of your boys. And she's a bit like confused. He calls down, obviously he calls the social worker, calls DCFS, which he tells, he tells the parents. Um, and the mom comes and says to him, like, you need to stop that. You know, you don't understand you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And I think again, as an audience, you, we're very used to seeing, you know, women of abusers, helping with the abuse in this terms of they're also scared and terrified so they will say things and be like he, it wasn't him it's not him yeah. to try and protect him so she's basically telling Doug that it's it's Eric he's he's hard work um that he does need extra discipline which again is also still sounding a bit like what does that mean yeah, and then yeah. she explains actually no it's it's he's it sounds very much like he's a sociopath really and yes and he did mm. the cigarette burns to himself is what 
is the big admission says, yeah, which yeah. is like wow. And of course, and it, did you find as well? I didn't believe her. I didn't. I mean, believe by her. the end no. of the episode, sure, but I was just like, "Well, that easy." Oh, he yeah. did it to himself, and even Dogs was like, "Yeah, come on, pull the other one." Yeah, because that's a really, yeah. really tough thing to do to, to yourself, and as a kid, and all the things that you know, we've seen women, as we said, you know, she's scared too, so she would say, "It's not him, it's not him." Yeah. Uh, Dogs just very like, "Sorry, D- you know, DCFS have been called. They're going to kind of handle it." Um, yeah. In the meantime, he's got to go do this presentation. He really doesn't want to do it. And a colicky baby comes in and he's very much like, I'll treat the baby. And Weaver says, no, I'll treat the baby. You go. You're going to be late otherwise. Um, And also, I think that's what's a bit annoying as well. She's really knows exactly where where his presentation is, when it is. She's like, I don't know. I can imagine just being a bit like, just get out of my business, love. You know, stay away. Um, Anyway, she goes, says, I'll look after the colicky baby. Doug goes to present. Um, the colicky baby isn't colicky at that present moment. So Weaver no. says, I'm going to leave. I mean, Weaver doesn't barely even takes a second when she's like, ha I could get to the presentation place. Um, so she goes to the presentation and, you know, Doug's giving it and he's being asked questions. And then Weaver puts a hand up and asks a question about the control group, which is the exact thing she had yeah. raised earlier or well, tried I- to raise with him earlier. Well, Anspar had been all kind of, wow, that sounds great. You can start to think about it. That's a really good study. I'm really pleased with it. When actually, I'm like, ah, oh, Kerry, why are you doing this? Do you know what? I was actually, I, she lulled me into a false sense of security because I got the impression that his presentation had gone fine. And then yeah. she was there to ask the, oh, well, what about that thing you wanted to talk about, Doug? Right. Oh, so okay. I totally mis- misunderstood that. So the next thing when right. I see them and they are going for each other in oh, the hall, I was they, just like, oh, yeah, I yeah, misread yeah. that. Completely. He, she, he, you know, they get back and, well, he's shouting at her. And this is what I mean about some of the, it felt a bit disjointed because so much seems to happen off screen. So all of a sudden the colicky baby who we met for two seconds Weaver has discharged, which we didn't see, and actually could have been dangerous. And the baby, thankfully, has been brought back in and looked after. But we yeah. didn't see any of that. So the next no. thing we see is kind of Doug shouting at Weaver and and saying, you know, you don't, you can't do that with a colicky baby. And I know what to look for, and and demanding that he sees all kids before they go. And kind of Green and Kerry are like, no, you can't do that. Like we we are just as trained as you are. You know, kids aren't as different. So yeah. that's starting that fight. But then Weaver says, well, you're not angry about that. You're angry because I brought up these things and you now have to redo the study. And in her defence, I don't know if she went about it in the right way, but, you know, if there are things wrong with his control group, it's better that they do know now rather than implementing it. And she did try to talk to him in the morning and he didn't listen to her and there was no chance for her to kind of stop it and i think also after spg or whatever spx whatever that thing was she's probably mm. even more like i don't want to be putting my faith into things yes. without I so was, I, yeah yeah i, I know that. it wasn't yeah. the greatest way but i felt like i didn't know what else she could have done i couldn't personally see another way out because he wasn't listening to her she tried in the morning and and um so anyway they're they're having their usual argument um she says it's it's about this so we learn that that's what the outcome has been which which you know we can see why doug is frustrated that's not great or easy um but you know you do have to be thorough with these things it's yes. it, it, she's done it for his good in, you know in the end um if his control group isn't isn't as it should yeah. be 
Um, so yeah, we've got these two kind of kind of fighting with each other again back because we haven't had that for a while. It's, and then we see her, you know, they get back to the the hospital and and this is what I kind of meant about it being a bit disjointed because all this stuff happens off camera so we learn that she's actually discharged the um the baby who had colic and but the baby actually had something worse more serious and has been brought in so everything's okay but that all happened off screen which to me made me feel a bit like but we literally saw her leave so when had that happened because the last conversation we saw her have with the colicky baby's mom was or oh, can I just wait till the next feed so we never see that you know we don't have right. a moment where she goes you can go home everything's fine anyway so that has happened off off screen and Doug and her are arguing and she says oh, this isn't arguing. about the baby this is about the fact that I've come and and you know you're having to now redo your your work um and he says it's not who knows who knows I think it could be a bit of both I think because we do know he is very particular about his patients and he's very obsessed about the fact that pediatricians see things that other doctors don't always see and I don't know if if a child comes in and is treated by somebody else that no I don't think it would be that ignore what I was about to start saying it's not right um (laughs) yeah I so it's that real clash that we haven't seen for a while between these two you know they've been quite quiet they've been getting on um it's just been I mean she was unconscious last episode so maybe that's <laughs> yeah, why but that's why they got on so well <laughs> yeah. good, that was their best day um and then we kind of finish off the day with 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 the social worker taking taking Eric yeah. out and he kind of says oh what's happening you know Doug's like well, what's going on and he, she says you know he, he has to go to he's basically going to a facility a psychiatric facility because he doesn't he hasn't shown remorse and and they think that the cigarettes you know the cigarette burns are self-inflicted so everything that we had all inferred from including Doug yeah. had inferred from that situation has been proven wrong and again this is another moment of disjointedness because we I've seen other episodes where they have a similar thing where we actually get to be in the room when the social worker so we see the revelation with the social worker so that, you know we'll oh, see okay. that actually the yeah. kid you know isn't remorseful actually the kid probably did do this to himself it just felt a bit like we've got to quickly wrap this up yeah it's fine I've checked it over it's yeah. wrong we're out I don't know that's what it was for me it was just like oh all this stuff happened off screen that mm. didn't feel enough right for me to, to I don't know it just didn't feel right to me yeah yeah it was like oh yeah the kid's a psychopath uh he's gonna disappear now yeah off we go bye yeah you yeah know. thanks and a lot like, yeah what we didn't see any of it I don't know it just it felt like they were having a lot of thoughts and they wanted to get a lot in, but they couldn't mm. do it all properly. So they kind yeah. of did it this way. And for me, I was just like, oh, that just felt too quick and easy. And I wanted a bit more or, um, yeah. um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of Doug and, Doug and Weaver for the week. Or did, sorry. Yeah. Do you have, did you have something to add? Sean? Sorry. You kind of that was me. That was me sort of agreeing. Um, oh, I, like <laughs> it. I think, I suppose what, I mean, the question is, is Doug in trouble? Did his presentation go bad? He needed to. He needed this to go well to secure his ongoing. I can't. Remember. No, funding, he's not yeah. a fellow. The funding. That's what it is. Yeah, Corday. Yeah. Corday is the fellow. She, yes. Uh, and he is just yeah funded. Yeah. So and also I mean, even that one scene, classic Doug, where he's doing the presentation, and he kind of snaps at the pediatrician. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, remember when you were fighting with the last one? He said he wouldn't pick up your funding as well. Doug, come on now. Learn, yeah, learn. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's all definitely there, and that's obviously why he's stressed. But that's why maybe he should use. 
weave it to his advantage and say, look, this is my presentation. Would you look over it? If there's that a one person be... is going to exactly, yeah, yeah. she can do admin like no one's business. Exactly, she she knows all about this whole process about getting funding and research and stuff. Mm. And she did actually didn't she offer him loads of help at the start? Yes, she did, but he was very against it. And I think that that is, yeah. I think, I think that's where he's going wrong. Like sometimes yeah. you have to just you know swallow your pride and. And make the take the difficult choice, but that would have probably secured him something a lot, a lot better. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of that storyline. I do have to say it. There was a brilliant moment because we've seen Jerry kind of you know doing all the. He's decided to spring clean in winter, mm-hmm. which you know, uh, we know that um, Doug is waiting for this presentation to come from the copiers. You know, somebody's going to drop it off. We oh, then see yeah. him. In mm. the skit, because Jerry is basically thrown Jerry, out. Check <laughs> the post before you chuck it I in know. a bin. Like there's, Come a, there's, on, man. there's cleaning and efficiency, and then there's just you know blind throwing pipe, <laughs> um, which is what he ends up doing. And it, it just caused a, quite a funny scene because you know Doug comes out and he goes straight into the skit, but it also shows how obviously how how important this is for him, you know, and yeah, how yeah. focused and determined he is. Um, so let's let's turn to Anna this week. Um, it's rare we get kind of an Anna by herself story. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So we do get that this week. She she said yes to uh, you know a hospital called her up and said, oh we've got we've got a patient. Um, you know John Doe, no insurance, he's conscious or whatever they say. So she's like, yeah, fine. He's had a motorcycle accident. When he actually gets brought in, it turns out he wasn't conscious. And he's basically been dumped by this hospital and this doctor called Dr. Zacharias. Um, this is infuriating. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, hideous. Yeah. He's just treated like crap because there's no money. They think there's no money and he's yeah. just, he's a John Doe, which means, you know, they don't know who he is or what's going on. So they've just basically sent him to county, which infuriates Anna yeah. as it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she kind of makes it her mission then to try and, you know, do right by this guy and try and figure out and help him. So she, you know, she she puts the she goes through the tests with him. It turns out she th- he's got a um, he had an aneurysm they think while he was yeah. on his bike, which you know blew, and then he was um, and then he's got a subarachnoid head bleed. Is that what it is? Subarachnoid hemorrhage. Yeah, hemorrhage. That's it. That's the word. Um, so so basically, that's you know not a great thing. Um, so she's talking to the neuro neuro um, guy from neuro who isn't. He's just is he the intern? Or is he? A, he's, he's a, a doctor, resident. but he's a resident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the kind of does the does anyone need to come down guy? Yes. And yeah. Not disrespecting him, sure. They were all residents last year, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, and you kind you kind of get that feeling of like, oh, I'm already down here longer than I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's very yeah. much like, no, there's no hope, and she's and Anna's pushing because, as we say, you know, this has become kind of a thing for yeah. her. And then he mentions that possibly, but he does say it's a very slight chance, but they could do a partial lobectomy, frontal lobectomy, which I imagine is removing the part front part of That's the what I got as brain. well. Yeah, yeah. From all my medical training. Um, <laughs> I've trained you well, Paddle. <laughs> um, so he mentions that. He does say it's very slight, but Anna really grabs onto that thing. Yeah, and yeah. that becomes her mission so... Later Any when port the, in the storm? sun turns up. That's what I got. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. And also, yeah, she just wants to make sure this guy's saved so she can be like, 
sorry you had that awful treatment before you are important and look we've done Mm. you're back you know you should never have been treated like that which you know completely admirable Mm -hmm. completely Mm -hmm. completely get it um you know later the son comes in we learn that the guy's name is mr dibble which i thought was a brilliant surname dibble dibble i mean that sounds like a beatrix potter character (laughs) (laughs) you know peter rabbit and the subarachnoid hemorrhage Uh, (laughs) it's like that um oh pew pew by the group but Dibble and Grub from uh, what that is... that, from that that kids show in the bloody eighties, where it was. No, I, I can't remember the show. Really? For some reason, but that it's... collection of words Cam- is is Camberwick Green or Trumpton, I think it was, or something like that. Gosh, um, nothing is ringing. About. Really? Okay, it was adorable. You'll have to YouTube it but... later. Yes. Um... New podcast idea. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, let's talk about adorable eighties shows. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes, yeah, so you know he comes in, uh, the the son comes in, and we learn that actually, you know, this guy's got a lot of insurance, and and also it humanizes him in the sense that yeah. Anna gets to go, okay, he this this guy's a dad, and he had this life, and this is the 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 son, and um, so she mentions this frontal lobectomy, and the head of neuro comes down and says it's not possible. At the same time, the <laughs> the <laughs> or, sorry, the organ donation coordinator. Oh, no. The Grim Reaper. Up, and they call her the Grim Reaper. But she's I like, feel so to... bad for her. Like, yeah. the port, I mean, it's an amazing thing with the organ donation. It saves lives, yeah. you know, kind of. Yeah. It has saved the two of my aunt's lives out there. So, you know. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Like, that's great. Like, if, between, if anything, if anything, no, well, I was going to say, maybe the coroner. Should be, but no, because that's after death. So that, that, was, that wouldn't death. be right either. Yeah. So I mean, it, it would just be Doyle, really. She's the Grim Reaper. She's the one who kills you. Um, if she tells well, that's true. She's already killed once today. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that was an old person. She likes, you know, wasn't didn't put up much of a fight. And, no. you know, she likes the fight. Um, yeah. It's it's. I I felt bad. I get what they're saying. I felt bad because I thought organ donation, what and what it can do is actually give life. So. Mm. And, and, and it's great to have somebody there who can ask because there are people out there, as I said, my two aunts, you know, who yeah. who have been saved by organ donation. I, I mean, one of my aunts, it wasn't, the transplant wasn't from somebody who passed away, but, you know, still. Right. But anyway, she's hanging around. They call her the Grim Reaper. You know, Anna's very much like, we're not ready for you yet. We've, we've, I'm talking to Nora. Nora says, no, there's no chance. I kind of can't believe you've suggested this. Yeah. The son wants a second opinion, which we can completely understand. Um, and I think this is where it, why what I was trying to get it a bit early with Anna's. I completely see why she's what she's saying, what she's doing. Oh, I yeah. feel like she lost her doctor judgment. It's a bit like where Corday last right. week was saying, "You'll be fine. I can promise you, you're you're getting out of here alive, and everything's going to be fine." It's like you can't make those promises. No. Like you have to if you're gonna give somebody options, you have to really say to them, "It's I'm going to get this consult." but it's a it's a slim chance but it could be something but I felt like she kind of was like oh we could do this thing and then in his head he was like oh that's an option you know yeah um she did over promise somewhat didn't she yeah she basically she yeah she gave him she didn't mean to and it was accidental but she gave him false hope so in a micro little way he loses his dad twice Yes. Yes. You know, yeah. because someone comes in and says, 
I'm sorry, but he is, you know, he is a slab of meat on that bed. Now, yeah. yes, you, what you are seeing is your dad breathing. What I am seeing is medical t- technology doing its job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly yeah. that. And I know that is what the Nora says to us. She says, you know, you've, you've basically, he's already gone and now he's going to, the son has to lose yes. him again. And anyway, later Anna uh, comes up and, and, and a doctor is there, you know, they're going to take the patient and they're going to look into this, um, look into him. We learn that the, the doctor is actually Dr. Zacharias, who was the original mm. doctor who dumped mm, him. Yeah, and now has all of a sudden found out. <laughs> oh, actually. This is the kind yeah. of like, I'm throwing something at the screen kind of. <laughs> oh, there is Dr. Zacharias. You're looking well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Because he just, you know, now he knows who it is. It's Mr. Dibble with all this insurance. Now all of a sudden he's interested in the case, which is exactly what Anna says to him. And he's very much like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, you dumped him. And he's like, no. And he gets in the lift. Um, and she throws her, she throws the actual clipboard at the lift, which I thought, you know, I can imagine feeling the same. And then she says, sorry for doing it, Bob. And you shouldn't be sorry. You go up there and yeah. leave him up. <laughs> because this is the problem we keep hearing about. You know, you've got no insurance. We'll drop you off. Oh, you've got insurance. Yeah, we'll give you the best care ever. And yeah. it's just. Come it's in, hideous. my friend, champagne. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's was, it was interesting to see Anna go on that little crusade because we're learning more about her. And she does seem very righteous and very like she's got. She's got she's very principled, isn't she? And she very mm. much lives up to those principles. And we've seen her hold hold other people to account like Carter and now she's trying to hold this guy to account didn't take but but you know it it was just an interesting lesson into kind of the world of insurance versus no insurance or what you know all that horrible horrible stuff um and we had Dr Zacharias that's the other thing Um, with a burning passion (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's terrible and uh just terrible I hope he never comes back um turning to Carter then which is oh yeah i forgot about carter yeah was he in this episode um listeners i'm going to split off from them and do my own podcast (laughs) no carter's corner it will be called please follow me oh that Um, sounds cute actually carter's a really good name for a pocket damn it we should have used that one (laughs) (laughs) no this is quickly let's re-record every episode of carter's corner hello and welcome to carter's corner see today we'll be discussing how pretty he is something like that something like that yeah, yeah, yeah tune in for that later um <laughs> so yeah carter starts out with as we said this this patient from who is trying to get to san francisco he's homeless he's uh, needs to be cleaned up he's he's been coughing um and Carter's just trying to get a bit more information about him, the fact that because he keeps saying i've got to go to san francisco and mm-hmm. apparently got kicked off a plane and it turns out he doesn't seem to know he's got his daughter in San Francisco, but he doesn't know where. So all of that is just a bit. And that's why I was a bit like, OK, this is the kind of thing that they would normally do is like a little backstory. And then at the end, Carter would be like, yeah, I've reunited him with his daughter, yeah. you know, his daughter, San Francisco, all of that. Because we kind of start going down that road, you know, he's tracking people down and Malik has been forced to clean the port, the guy. <laughs> I love that they pass it around. Carter goes, Mark. Mark goes, Carol. Carol, Malik. Oh, oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of joking, like you know, he's not getting the full treatment. I gave him the normal soaps. That's 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 fine with me. Yeah, I gave yeah. him the soap. I do not do suds. It's 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 brilliant. So that's how it all starts out, and it's very benign. And you don't really think 
much about Carter, I guess. I think, and also I think because last week he was such a big episode, you think you think, oh, they're probably going to rest him for this episode. No, um, no, it feels a bit like he got some of it, the genie, the genie writing on him. <laughs> they were like, what can we do to Carter? That Screw him over. Awful. Uh, yeah, yeah. So all we hear is six ODs are coming in. Carter, stay around because six ODs are coming. You're going to have to come and help. So they're looking after one of them. We hear that they basically, this heroine killed some people already. This yeah. group found out that and then took the heroine anyway, which I was like, wow. Yeah, it's um, a lot. It's, was it, is yeah. it, I don't know what the mental, what the mentality is around that, but is it something like we survived this really hard stuff? It could be just nihilism as well, just like, oh, sod it, let's, let's take this really, really powerful heroine and see what happens with it. Do you know what I mean? That kind of I wonder thrill-seeking behaviour. I honestly don't know. I wonder, is it even more simple than that? It's like, it's heroin. I'm taking it. Like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, well, they, right, you know. right. well, they'd sort it out. That was the thing. They'd actually purposely sort it out. It wasn't just that they accidentally, you know, had they'd yeah, ordered. Right. They had actually sorted that out. That's why I was a bit like, you'd gone looking for it weird. Anyway, yeah. you know, yeah. Carter comes in, he's treating one of the patients. He, he's, it's not looking good. You know, he's no. just, it's not great. And then Anna starts calling from the other room. So he's like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, and he comes in and. And then we have that horrible moment where Anna says it's Chase and he just kind of looks. And I thought a lot about you actually, Sean, in this moment um, because of (laughs) looking puzzled. Because of that overdose I took? I thought that was private. (laughs) Um, Just because I I was wondering about the question we'd raised a while ago about, you know, family treating patients because Carter like starts treating Chase and I was a bit like, hang on a minute, is this, I don't know if we ever got Mm. to the understanding if, yeah, that like, was, I don't yeah. know if we did. I there's obviously uh, there isn't a legal issue because we see it again and again in uh in ER in particular. I think God, we nearly go through everyone by the mm. time um by the time we get there. Uh but a little bit like a little bit like Anna's actions, though noble, caused pain. Yeah. Carter's actions, though noble and desperate. Unfortunately, they it was the wrong call. Now, when you're in the moment, you don't have the benefit of hindsight. You don't have no. the benefit of like, but there was enough looks at him to be like, should we be doing this, John? He's been down for, like, what did the paramedics say? Like, he was down for at least 30 minutes. And I don't know and how like, long he was down before, before we got there. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is so the crux of it, isn't it? And he he's obviously so frustrated and he keeps asking her, you know, about how long he's been down and, and asking her questions. And she's like, you know what I know, you know, this is because he's obviously very desperate. And he comes in and he basically tries to revive him against what everybody else seems yeah. to be. But it's it's hard for them to say that as well to his face because this is this is his cousin you know yeah. so you can't just say that there's there there is a scene uh i think it's a couple of seasons from now where we have benton is trying to revive a family member oh and it's the same yeah. thing like when you're in that you will not be told no it doesn't matter and you can have all of the medical knowledge in the world in your head when you're looking at the bed and the only thing in your mind between this person and death is what you could do with your hands yeah. You will yeah. not be told. No. Absolutely. He brings him back. But we, as you know, it's been mentioned, we don't know how 
how long he's been down. Later in the episode, they they realise, you know, there's some, I don't know what the term is, I wrote it down, um, something like a diffusion. Where is it called? Um, impairment or something? Or... It's... I know I, I don't know the term. It's basically oxygen stopped going to his brain for yeah. too long. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and that basically deprivation, Def- well, oxygen deprivation. Yeah. Well, he says there's he says there's probable brain damage. Um, I thought I'd written it down because it had a word like I, I remember the word diffusion being in it or effusion. Hang on, here we go. Diffuse activity, his EEG showed slow diffuse activity. That was what it was, Um, which just means that it's not running as it 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 should be. He has to then face the grandparents. You know, that is hard enough, you know, hearing that. And, well, no, sorry, before the grandparents, Anna comes in, doesn't she? And he has that Mm. moment where he says, I should have done some, I should have done more. I should have taken him to rehab. I should have. She, she's able to cut through it, which is great. She's like John. If he didn't want to go, it would. It's it, it because you could see him, even though yes, Chase is alive. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, survivor's guilt's already kicking in. Absolutely, absolutely. I should have done this. I should have done this. It doesn't really matter. Not you should have done nothing. He did do something. He did try and help. He, he did. did. He detoxed him. He did. He and did. None yeah, yeah. of it. It didn't do anything. Because we know if you sent him away to rehab and he didn't want to be there, which he didn't, it would not have worked. But that is yeah. a very tough thing when you are, I imagine, have the skills to to help somebody and and, and they end up passing or or, or or not, or, you know, ending up the way Chase ends up. And then Carter has to face the grandparents, you know, and we've met Gamma before, but we haven't met Gramps. So we get to meet Gramps this week yes. as well. And this is where it's really painful because it's all the stuff that is going on in probably in Carter's head is actually now being said to him. You should have told us. You should have done more. You should have taken him to rehab. You should have, you should have, you should have. Which, A, is not helpful. And I know that they are not also not in the right brain at this time either. But it's just... It's just... It's such Painful. pointless words. It's shouting at a wall. It's shouting at circumstance. It's because because none of them can do any more than what's already been yeah, done, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, Gramps is just oh, we would have got the finest care. We know, like, listen. And Anna could stand there and say, it doesn't matter if he didn't want to, but they're not able to take no. that in. John, no. despite the horrible, horrible shock he's gone through today. He at least knows that he watched he Chase detox and lie to him, and so it, the one thing that slightly surprised me about the storyline is how quick it got to this point. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. right, okay. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I thought there might be another scene where he's relapsed, and and mm. he's like, I'm really sorry. I'm, re- you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna right. straighten myself out, and then this would have been the next. I, I agree yeah. with you. It, it did feel a bit um so maybe this a bit... Is the re- but then that's the drama of this kind of situation, I guess, is that he, you know he's detoxed, but then he just needs that one time and that's, for it to yeah. all go completely wrong. And actually it can be even more dangerous, can't yeah. it? Because you, so, yeah. you've lost your body has isn't 
up yeah. to that tolerance and so you'll yeah, go back so. to that same thing that i know that's i've know a few people not personally sorry that that has happened to um and i think i think there is a moment because you know they the gramps and Gram, gamma are kind of saying you know he should have asked for help he should have and and car says he did he asked me you know he really does assert himself in that moment the next time we see them gramps has left he's gone back to work yeah. he's just gone um which I think is just exactly what somebody, especially of that generation, would have done, you know, would have just gone, right, nothing more I can do. I'm yeah. angry about this. I don't want to have to deal with that we've, anger. I go to li- work. We've literally seen that with Anspar. Like, yeah. Scotty was, in this episode, Scott was having his final chemo. He was getting, dis- you know, he had to discharge himself. And then Anspar's there listening to this presentation. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the last chemo, you would think yeah, yeah, you would yeah. want to, but he's hired Make a genius yeah, for that. He's hired- take- you can, you're the head of whatever you're the chief of staff whatever you can take that time off you could get Doug it's to present half to you an hour while you yeah, yeah. to Scotty but he, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it's just but then Gamma herself says I don't know what it is with your generation and your parents that this responsibility so yeah mm. it's just like you vilify us because we've supported you and like yeah we indulge you and you call it oppression it. and yeah yeah and this annoys me so much because number one, I think there's a real sense that the generation behind us have got it easy compared to us, which is never true. Everybody has their own set of yeah, yeah. circumstances and things to come overcome that the generation before them didn't or would yeah. never understand. And there's also just this real sense of like, we just get back up and go to work. Cause that was very much there, what, what they did in there. And we're all yeah. lazy because we didn't just get up and go to work. And I think what's been really interesting in current times is there's a real shift in, in what work is and is work yeah. as necessary as we like to, is there a world where we, yeah. we organize things differently now, especially after the pandemic. And I, I think that's just very interesting because we were always told you to work, work, work. Cause that's how, yeah how how it was um and she work, says work, that work, to him. buy a house have a family yeah 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 tick the boxes to say that you are adult you're success, adults who are successful it's funny what you're saying about work i know you want to go back on this but um you know during the the, the first part of the pandemic when lots of people were having to work from home and we were mm. adapting very quickly and there's all these think pieces which said the way we work is going to change forever yes and it yeah. hasn't Not for a, a lot of people second. And so many people are like, we need to remember this and think yeah, about yeah. the future. We're going to come back better. And it just hasn't been. It's been get back in the office, work all the yeah. hours again. And yeah. how quickly exactly. we've all literally what happened forgotten. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. yeah. Which, anyway, which I just. That's my know. gripe. It's my gripe too. I really, that's a huge part of it. And I really hate as well this kind of this generational thing of we, you have it you have it easy yeah, you yeah. haven't done what we've done and I hate this idea that we've indulged you and you call it oppression because it comes with its own oppression you know you look yeah, at yeah. I'm gonna pick the royal family say you know you look at them they have got so many privileges yeah. but they also have to live to a very strict regime they don't get to live their lives and I'm sorry but it doesn't matter what you've got you know all the crowns you've got and all the jewels and all yeah. the houses and not being able to live your life is a tough thing the way you yeah, want yeah. to you know and I hate it when people kind of go oh you're rich so you have nothing to worry about mm. and so what it brings their own set of circumstances it brings everybody has a tough time yeah. there is nobody who's like easy certain things make things easier for people but doesn't mean they don't have their yeah. own other stuff going on and that's what I wanted to say to Gamma and I will bring it up at our next dinner because that's what we that, like I, I do the, the sort of the intimation is that we have provided everything for you. Therefore, you are beholden to us and you yeah. will 
toe the line and you will do the right thing by us because as i say you know but you did have you know your beautiful pony that you won dressage competitions do you know what i mean it's that marigold. kind of marigold that's it i was trying to remember the name but um but at the same time like I say if, if they put chase in his own special betty ford plus rehab clinic there's no guarantee to stuck, stuck it out because no, exactly. yeah. you've provided you've you've provided it for him again yeah Whereas and that's this... what he seems to be rebelling against, isn't it? Exactly. So this could be... And... At least with the detox, he's had to go through that in the roughest way, pretty much. Yeah. And I always think, like, for me, the idea of my idea of success and what would be great for me if I was Gamma would be that Chase did come to me and say, look, I'm on drugs yeah, yeah. and I need help because he felt he could. That yes. to me would is so much more important than yeah, I yeah. gave you everything and you've... Yeah. yeah. Um, who the found to play the, the grandpa because he was just a perfect, George you know, Plimpton transatlantic blowhard. Sorry, George yeah. Plimpton. I, I love that, but like that trans, transatlantic. I love, I love the thing, but he is, and again, gravitas because this is, because this yeah, is such yeah, a yeah. serious episode. I feel bad almost making a joke, but if they were ever to get, get to use another Family Guy example, get a live action person to play Lord Buzz Killington. <laughs> this guy is perfect. Oh, yes, uh, we talk about a story with a bridge in it. Corn was invented. Neither did <laughs> the miller on his way to work that morning. <laughs> now we're that's, some, that's some good shrimp scrimshaw. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, and then we have, and then we have Carter, and this is the last scene, and it breaks my absolute heart because he's holding his hand and he's watching Chase sleep and he knows yeah, that yeah. he's not coming the way he's going to come back is not going to be what we what he knew of him um and he doesn't know what's going to come back or what how yeah. impaired he will be at this point and the nurse comes in I think to shave him and he kind of says no no I'll do that and like takes it off him and oh I mean it's just a powerhouse performance there's this bit, yeah, yes, a bit is, earlier yeah. with Anna where like he he's trying to hold back his tears and it's just Oh, his the way his face contorts my heart just completely breaks. But but we kind of end with him, you know, watching over Chase and knowing that he feels all this guilt and knowing that he's going through this really hideous thing. And there is no one else there, no one else from the family is no. there. I mean, where are Chase's parents? Do we even know? I mean, they're in Singapore. Oh, yes. just yeah. yeah. Well, but that's what it is, isn't it? The, the the parents are always off elsewhere, and yeah. and it's just him. So for all this kind of we're your family and we've provided for you and there's all they've got all a whole horde of you. They don't really have any family values in the sense of no. somebody's sick and I'm gonna I can't ever imagine my cousin being that sick and me not being at the hospital especially if one of my other cousins was alone you know it just um which I think just tells you everything about that family but yeah another really tough start for for Carter but another really big Carter episode here yes yeah sometimes it's funny that like we're in season four this is not Carter coming into his own but they're giving him much more mature storylines. And again, yes, we've yes. had them before. We had the Gant storyline. It's not to say that there hasn't been mature storylines, but not so much where he has been in a position of responsibility. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're getting, I think, a little more now in season four. Yeah, we're getting less, oh, I've just dropped the scalpel and I've just collapsed and thrown up. It's a lot more like here are some adult, actual adult problems. And yeah, yeah. And big so, things. So I was, I was just gonna say, I don't think this is a deliberate illusion. Um, but when he put the tape over Chase's eyes, 
it reminded me of what they used to do in ancient Greece with the obol for, for Charon, mm-hmm. where they, when they prepared, when they laid the body out or whatever funerary rites, I think that they'd either put the coin underneath the tongue or on top of the eye. So when the they person... used to do that in Victorian times as, yeah, as yeah. well, they used to put the pennies, didn't they, on the yeah. eyes? And so you could pay the ferryman to take you across the River Styx to you know paradise or the Elysian fields or wherever but it just it's just, I don't think there was that deliberate illusion but it just reminds me of that I I, I completely get what you mean though yeah just that idea of because I mean how many how many movies we watch every day where it happens we need to watch some more kind of modern movies <laughs> but uh, yes that yeah, image yeah. jumped out yeah yeah so that that's the episode yeah it's, it's quite an I wouldn't say exhausting but demanding episode isn't it it is it is it yeah. really is. Um, and, you know, I feel tired. <laughs> I mean, it is 10 to 9. Well, yes, that, that, that too. So um, what will we do first? Will we do Ibers or will we do drugs? I, I don't have a drug for this one because I'm not 100% convinced it was cyanide. So okay, cool. let's do Ibers then. So yeah. who would like to start? Who has an Iber? I've got two, but who I've would like one. to start? I have one that I'd say you probably both have as well. So I'm going to skip to the head of the queue. Oh, Robert you Nepper. cheeky monkey. Go for it. Robert, Robert Nepper. Yes. Robert Nepper. Nepper yeah. He's, uh, who, yeah, he's great. Uh, he is, of course, we all know him from being Deanna Troy's betrothed husband in season one of Star Trek The Next no. Generation. I wish I missed that. He was a babby. An absolute babby in that episode. Yeah. Haven is the episode, uh, Ed, if you're looking for it there. Um, yeah. He, he in, also he turns Voyager. up. He was indeed Dragon's cool. Teeth. Well, I know I him know from Prison Miller. Break, where he played Teabag, the bad, really bad baddie with his one arm. Yes, that was his name. He was also in Mockingjay Homeland Heroes and a few yeah. episodes of Murder, She Wrote, which I've seen. Really? I remember watching that, and there's one where he's just like this really lovely guy. And I'm like, but you're Teabag, who's evil? Because <laughs> I don't know what acting is, so. <laughs> yeah, but of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, the Heroes one was I recognised him from, and I think that's where I first encountered him, but I probably saw him in other stuff. But yeah, he's also in Young Guns 2, Blaze of Glory. Oh gosh, here it comes, here comes my Bon Jovi. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. In a Blaze of Glory, and I never do blah, blah, oh, Before we get to pay royalties. <laughs> oh, that's it, yep, yep. <clears throat> okay, next up. Uh, George Plimpton, who played Grandpa Carter Truman. Sorry, Grandpa Carter or John Truman Carter Senior. He is a fascinating man. He's now since passed, but he is such a fascinating man because he didn't start out as an actor. He actually started out in journalism and he is one of the founders of the Paris Review, which is that like amazing, um, you know, literary magazine, which, you know, I think is pretty cool. He also did... Um, he used to do these pieces where he would do he do sports journalism but he would immerse himself and become like part of the sporting thing and then like wow. so he, he was like a backup quarterback and he played a few scrimmages and then he'd write about it so he's very like that yeah. um, he's appeared in a few kind of Ken Burns things he then has also then obviously went into acting um, and you may recognize him from things like Goodwill Hunting and where are my others uh yeah sorry um at the last days of disco ed tv but also it's funny you brought up his voice because he was very well known for his voice which everybody used to be like oh you sound very you sound a bit english and he said yeah. and he would be like i'm 
you know, I, I have the East Coast, I speak like East Coast English, like this kind of, and he does, he has that kind of upper, very upper class kind of way yeah. about him. Um, but yeah, he lived a really interesting life later in his life. He got really interested in fireworks and doing stuff there. Oh, really? Just, oh, wow. Yeah, he's just lived a really kind of, he's just not what you'd expect. He's he's quite a big figure in the world. I mean, he's passed now, but he was quite a big figure in the world. Yeah. And, um, I was I was just... I, I guess he looked on a different side, but I was looking on um, I, the IMDb, and he was in Lawrence of Arabia. Yes, so he's in three films that are nominated for Best Picture: Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Reds, and Goodwill Hunting. Um, and he also um, interviewed Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he was like. Part of the Paris Review. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and it's funny because, uh, so sorry, what he says about his accent was in he's a New England sorry, cosmopolitan yeah. accent, is what he called himself, or Eastern Seaboard cosmopolitan. Um, I recognised him from Goodwill Hunting because he plays that. Um, he plays the, oh gosh, what's he called? You know, the psychiatrist that Will Hunting goes to see and okay. tries to convince that he's that that guy's gay or something like that. In it, anyway. Um, but then I was like, I'd also heard his name a few times in it recently on a podcast where they were talking about him and his career. So that's when I kind of looked at all uh, the other stuff and realized, oh my God, he's had a, you know, he was friends with uh, Robert F. Kennedy. It's just all this stuff that he did, which is like pretty cool. He was present at the assassination of Robert F. Robert F. Kennedy. Mm. That's. Was he acquitted? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. But yeah, yeah. fascinating guy. I'm going to go read his Wikipedia now. Thanks. Absolutely. Like, he's just, he's very, he's fascinating, is what I would say. Yeah. He's, he's not just an actor, he's got all this other stuff to him. So, that was the only other eyebrow I had, and we've got no drugs. So, I think we're calling it. Thanks for listening to our podcast about everything ER. Don't forget you can find us on social media on Instagram at you set the tone pod and at set underscore pod on Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And remember, you set the tone.